Well, welcome everybody to Flashpoint. I'm Gene Bailey. We're obviously glad you're watching tonight. All right, let me bring in um, Pastor Hank Kuhneman and Lance Walna. Welcome, gentlemen, to the program. We were just together in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma last week. What a week we had. <laughs> Amazing time. It was wild. It was wild. In fact, if you weren't there, and you've been living under a rock, and you need to know what happened last week. I want to show you just a quick recap of what happened last Thursday and Friday at Flashpoint Live Tulsa. Watch. And I believe that there is coming a mark of God that will come upon your life, that will preserve you, will preserve your marriage, will preserve finances, will preserve your family, and will preserve our nation. I want us to lift up our voices. We demand that there is a shift in the spirit realm over this nation. We demand that the winds of change blow greater, that there is a tangible shift, that we will see it with our eyes. And now may your eyes be open to see a fresh perspective of what God is doing and what God has said in Jesus' name. God wants you. He wants you to have the power and hope. If we're going to take America back, we're going to discover something. After we vote the right people in, after we make all of the right moves, we need a moral awakening, a profound awakening of heart. What is going on? The deliverance from perverted demons, perverted spirit, begins by being born again, truly knowing Christ and being forgiven of all your sin. What a night, what a couple of nights that really was. Uh, Lance, uh, you had a unique perspective. I want you to share some of that, what you thought about uh, the, the week. I think that the great alchemy uh, that we've been talking about that is going to be unique is that the people are coming out for something a little bit different than an evangelism rally, although that's what we end up doing. It's actually uh, the populace awakening. And we know that because some 25% of the people attending at answered the altar call. And so this wasn't an altar call for rededicating your life. This was an altar call to giving your life. And if you can think about that, if you've got 10,000 people in the arena and 2,500 are responding, that tells us what we've been saying all along. That we probably have 25 million people out there that are politically concerned about the destiny of America, culturally worried, and that they are going to respond to the gospel. It's, it's an alchemy that has never really been worked at before. Most uh, religious leaders and Christian leaders avoid controversial subjects. They just want to focus on the gospel. But the, the, the arenas aren't going to be coming out to Trump and aren't going to be coming out to Flashpoint because their goal is to hear the Billy Graham sermon their goal is to hear a prophetic perspective on what we have to do to be saved as a nation. And when that happens, 
and a quarter of the people respond to the realization that they need Christ, you have an awakening. You have a civic awakening and a spiritual awakening. And that's the alchemy that we're working on now, that if it's replicated in other cities, becomes a game changer in terms of engagement of faith back in the public square. So true. And, you know, you're seeing pictures right there uh, go by. And one thing that was interesting to me, gentlemen, was uh, all age groups. I mean, we saw everything from little kids on, on up to, obviously, uh, senior citizens there uh, that were all there for the right reason. They wanted to take their nation back, like Pastor Hank was saying. Uh, you know, I, I did check before we went to the broadcast tonight about this and how many did we have saved? They say, well, it's best it's somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 wow, over those amazing. two nights. Uh, wow. We could not get to them all, even though they had people. So they had to uh, kind of help them, point them which way to go. So, I mean, that in itself is an amazing, and I, I don't know if video did it justice on that first night where we were sitting on the platform watching not just the altar fill up, but soon those aisles all the way up to the rafters, every aisle was full. Yeah. And uh, man, it, it, this is, I mean, in every, in, every, in every direction, yeah. you really couldn't even yeah, see them. I mean, right. Hank and I both saw looked at each yeah, other. We both right. had tears in our eyes because yeah. we were pivoting around looking at every aisle because everything stopped. Nobody was moving. And I right. was thinking, well, actually as many people came forward as could get there, that meant that the aisles were jammed all the way up to the exit signs right. in every aisle so that it was not just an altar call. I mean, Mario had to improvise. How do you even do do this? Because prayer altar workers is useless when you've actually got every aisle jammed. We just had to say, we're just going to have to pray with everybody who's, every, everybody who's standing and everyone else sit down. But it was like uh, you know, 25% of the arena was standing up. Yeah, it was. It was an amazing night. You can try and make it out there. Just a sea of people. Uh, and I don't know if you can see in that photo, but it, even uh, after the aisles filled up, I started seeing people standing up in their seats. They couldn't get even to the aisle, so they were standing wherever they were at. Now, why is this such a big deal? Oh. You know, like what Lance was saying, this isn't rededicating. Uh, you know, these were first time salvations, people wanting to get their life right, give it right. back to God. And that, ladies and gentlemen, what a great cap to the evening, both evenings. Uh, you know, the, the second night we filled up uh, as well as the, uh, the smaller maybe center, the baby maybe center. Uh, that was full. They had to turn people away. Listen, uh, you need to be ready for the next. Uh, we're right now, we're in planning for the next uh, Flashpoint Live event. Right now, we do know one, and that's coming up July 31st, Fort Worth, Texas, 6 o'clock that night, Texas time at the Fort Worth Convention Center. You want to be there. In fact, if you notice what happened Monday, Monday in the news, we saw Elon Musk uh, go purchase Twitter. So this is not a really good time to be woke. And let me, in fact, let me show you this tweet right here, gentlemen, and uh, let you see. This is uh, Lance Gooden says, Elon Musk is buying Twitter. CNN Plus is shutting down. Disney's being reined in. It's a bad time to be woke. Uh, you know, Lance, I'll let you have first shot at that. It's a bad time to be woke. Uh, the, the thing that we need to, that I see we need to take away from it, we haven't won the battle yet but we are winning. We are making headway. What, what do you believe in that? Well, you know, the, uh, 
the Revolutionary War, Washington was losing a lot until he had a psychological victory, and that was at uh, you know the Delaware River crossing over and attacking Trenton. And it was a more of a psychological turn because the American colonies wanted to be independent. They wanted to have a nation. They just weren't winning. And if you think about it, we've been so set back and punched back and pushed back from riots to the election to January 6th to, to the dominance of media uh, narratives ever since then. But then what we've known all along is that there's enough Americans that aren't in this agenda that eventually there would be a backlash. And we predicted it a year ago. Now it's forming. And the backlash is the there's more with us than are against us. It's just that we're not as radically organized and funded as the left. So the left looks like it's everywhere, but in fact, they've got no new cards to play. They have tapped out all of their rage activists, NGOs, and 501c3s. They can't come up with any new recruits, but, uh, but this movement of God is actually gaining momentum every day because the average American is now looking at the byproduct of, uh, it's not just a political thing, it's, a, it's an idea as to what kind of America we're going to become. They don't like being silenced and intimidated and shut down. Uh, they don't like the fact that if they have a question about a vaccine's veracity or its testing, that they're immediately branded and labeled. And that bullying has a certain breaking point. And the American public is now pushing back. They're pushing back in schools. They're pushing right. back against corporations. They're pushing back against um, against the gas pump. They're pushing back against the border rupture. And across the board, the Democrats who represent that, that ideology of not only just wokeness, but a whole redefining of what equality right. and what America and what the vision of America is, it's beginning to rupture because it takes a while. But Americans who are nor normally not involved with these various conversations are all feeling the pain and seeing the anarchy that comes. If you shift the foundation of America to a different way of thinking, you're going to destroy America. They see the threat, and that's why they're ready to turn to mobilize. And actually, at the end of the day, the only thing that America can really do is turn to God because the amount of damage done to this country in every mountain and in every institution is so vast and so rooted that it's going to require a reformation to shift America. That's why we got to go beyond revival, which is for the people of God, and create a reformation, which is a retaking of the institutions and a restructuring them. You see it with DeSantis in Florida. Right. You see uh, Abbott attempting that in Texas, and I believe you're going to start to see that courage come into the other states. I want to want to show you just this 20 second clip about a teacher's response to the parental rights bill. Now remember, she's responding to parental rights. Watch. Same. It's it's this notion, and look where you know we've been very lucky in America, and we in some ways live in a bubble for a long time. This is propaganda. Yep. This is misinformation. This is the way in which wars start. This is the way in which hatred starts. And the way hatred starts. Let me bring in our friend from millionvoices.org, John Graves. Welcome to the program tonight, John. Uh, I, I want to get you to weigh in on that. You know, now this is the president of the teachers union saying that we're trying to start a war by saying parent, parents 
should have rights. Uh, it's bizarre thinking, but yet that's really where this teachers union presence coming from. It's so true, Gene. It's a clash of worldviews. The teacher unions and the people who are Marxists, remember, the foundation of their belief is that the government should control everything, and there's got to be an oppressor and an oppressed. But what I'm excited about and listening to you three talk about what happened last week is a grassroots uprising, and parents are largely leading this all over the country. In our own, today and yesterday, this whole week, um, the early voting started for uh, my hometown and for the hometowns right around here. There is an uprising of people who are sick and tired of pu pushing transgender propaganda to our young kids, taking girls sports and letting guys compete with them. And then all the pornography that's happened, all the CRT, which basically teaches that one particular all white people are racist, whether they know that they're racist or not. And parents are going, wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be teaching science and math and, and things like that? And so it's exciting to me because people are waking up. Sometimes even through biblical history in the book of Acts, when persecution happens, that's when people uh, start pushing back. And God allows that oftentimes, Old Testament and New. And so I'm, I'm refreshed because I think it, it's just people waking up. It is people waking up. Uh, you know, Lance, when we see this, um, yes, people are waking up, but I think there's, we're still finding out more and more information about what's happened with our kids and schools. I know my wife, Terry, uh, brought home some information from, she went to a meeting about what's been going on uh, with our kids' schools. Did you know, maybe you knew this, maybe you guys, in California, there are actually high schools that have uh, Planned Parenthood inside the high school. They actually have an office wow. that, in the high school to be there for the uh, for the students, if they need to go talk about some, get uh, um, birth control or talk about an abortion. I mean, this is, this is a bizarre, sure. but yet it's a very methodical attack on the American family. And children are the entry point, Lance. What do you think? Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and the issue that's going on here, uh, Gene, is it has to do with spheres of authority to the Marxists, socialists, to the teachers unionists that the collective, the group, should have more power than the individual. And this is how they're doing it with the LGBTQ march through the institutions all the way to Wall Street, into hiring practices, into sports events. But it was when it got to the school system, which is really, uh, this is where you hit the family mountain, that it started to break apart. Because the real question is, who has the right to control your freedom as an individual. And parents that want to raise their child so that they teach them their own values and their own vision for who they are, their gender, their sexuality, how men should relate to women, et cetera, the state is saying, oh no, that's not your, uh, that's not your authority anymore. That belongs to the government. You realize that it's not just uh, Planned Parenthood. It's the teachers that are starting to mess with the families when the child is being proselytized into questioning their gender, and they talk to the teachers about it. The teachers are basically saying that uh, they have the right to confidentiality with that child, working through their identity issues and don't have to talk to the parent about the problem. The problem being created by the left trying to get into every area of life with a, it's basically a false religion. This is the thing that most of us don't realize. 
that the left no longer is an ideological political movement. It is a counterfeit religious movement. It tells you what is right, what is wrong, what you can say, what you can't say. It gets into your identity. It gets into your authority structure, who you're accountable to. And now you've got like four cases going before the Supreme Court, Gene. This is unprecedented. Almost all of them dealing with Christian liberty and the freedom of speech or the freedom of worship. To the left, they have the authority to proselytize, to indoctrinate, to educate, to march your kids around in little parades for their cause. But the moment that you identify as a Christian and want to pray or want to share your faith, you're slapped down because of this idea of separation of church and state. Well, now the issue is going to become a battle cry because you cannot take from American individuals their right to serve God, to relate to God, to share their faith, and to be Christian. We're not just going to do it on Sunday. Sunday morning in a building. This is our lifestyle identity. And this is what's in part fueling this backlash because even people that aren't born again Christians recognize that they are having their authority challenged by an ever expanding and intimidating central government. Uh, it is. And you know, are you speaking of backlash there, Lance? Uh, John, I'll give this to you before we go to the break here. Uh, there is, I think there's, uh, there, we are seeing the backlash now like Lance is talking about. I think there's another wave of that. And what's that other wave? I think there's these young parents who've That's had right. kids and they've kind of gone, well, you know, you know, they're, they've probably been left leaning and uh, they don't really know. But now as their children begin to enter school, remember, let's remember what happened in Florida. That whole thing, with don't say gay, had nothing to do with it. It was about teaching children from kindergarten to third grade, if I remember right, the, about gender issues and sexual education. Uh, that's the only thing that bill was about. But now when that level of, of parent is starting with those new children, uh, are going to take the kids to school. This is going to be a whole different world, a whole different ball game uh, when we see what's happening. John, I mean, uh, do you think do you think it's going to be a quicker thing, or do you think we're going to see something happen uh, at, over a longer period of time? I think you're going to, I hope you see something over a longer period of time. I like the way that you broke that out, Gene, because usually if you're, when you're younger, uh, you're not as responsible for more things. But when you get married, you become more responsible and have to deal with more things. When you have kids, you become even more responsible. So the weight of what are we teaching someone, and it happens, it's a normal trend that happens with people. Think about the insanity of what's happening here. The bill in Florida was to keep transgender thought and draining uh, people's brains and their morals in kindergarten, these kids are barely out of diapers. You can't drink a beer till you're 21, drive a car till you're 16. Most places you can't pierce your ears until you're 14, and they want the rights hidden from the parents. Books in their school, teachers that are doing it, teachers that have an agenda. And oftentimes it's an individual person that gets this through. And now I think there's going to be parents that stand up and go, well, if that's happening, it's the same thing that you're seeing on the other end of the spectrum. If they can cancel free speech, if they can shut down Christians' worship, if we can't have fair and secure elections, what do we have in this country? Literally, this is a threat that is unparalleled in our lifetime. And thank goodness people are waking up. And I love what you're doing with the Flashpoint Army. My prayer is it becomes 10 times that in the next Amen. couple of months. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of documentaries. We've seen a lot of films since the election, November 3rd, 2020. Well, we've got something new we want to show you. If you haven't heard about it, 
It's the movie Rig. Now, as we talked about this, you know, no matter whatever we've talked about, it always leads back is that we have to fix 2020. I know we're tired of fighting this battle, but the truth is we can't just let this go, ladies and gentlemen. We've still got to push for election integrity. We've got to keep our foot on the gas when it comes to at that election. Is it so we can get our guy in there? Of course we want Trump back, but that's not the point. The point is we got to have a fair election. If we don't have a fair election, we don't have a democracy. We don't have what we want in a nation and we can't have that. All right. Before we get into our interview with David Bossy, I want you to watch this. This is the trailer for Rigged 2020. On the day that he was inaugurated, the Washington Post had an article on impeaching him. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. Donald J. Trump is now president of the United States. They had an absolute legitimate meltdown. If you try to change a system that big, the system fights back. The story behind the biggest election takeover in history. We're only now being able to finally confirm exactly how this worked. Mark Zuckerberg and his wife are donating more money to local governments ahead of the election. $100 million on top of a $300 million gift. The most money any individual has ever spent to win a presidential campaign in the history of our country. I actually became infuriated that someone had allowed Zuckerberg to tip the skip. The election was bought way before Election Day. They stole it fair and square. They changed the voting rules in the middle of the game. A nation divided. This was the greatest billionaire assault on election integrity we've ever seen. A billionaire-funded plot against the president. Do you believe that they used the COVID emergency as an excuse to pull this partisan voter turnout operation? Am I allowed to give you a one-word answer? Yes. It was really a partial takeover of the election system. I don't think we have to blame China or voting machines. I think we can look straight in the eye of Mark Zuckerberg, and that's why Joe Biden won. That's what this was, a corrupt Democratic voter turnout operation. You had them putting their own personnel in to actually run the election in places. You had an entire Democratic Party petrified that Joe Biden was going to be outspent, outfoxed by Trump. Rigged. It was a rigged election. People have to find out what happened. Yep, that's the movie Rigged. You need to see it. Longtime Trump advisor David Bossie's president, chairman, of the conservative advocacy group Citizens United, welcome, David. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about this film. I'm going to ask the obvious: Why did you make the film? First of all, thank you for having me. It's really a, an honor to be here today. Uh, this was important because President Trump has been saying for the last 18 months, uh, and 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 the American people have been thirsty for information about just what happened on Election Day. 2020. And this is really for the first time uh, the facts and evidence that we need as Americans to be able to 
tell our friends and family, to be able to uh, tell our neighbors exactly what happened, why President Trump says, and why we believe the election was rigged and stolen before Election Day. Uh, and, and let me just say, Mark Zuckerberg spent $400 million on uh, uh, what was considered COVID uh, emergency safety equipment. Uh, but only a little tiny sliver of that money actually was spent on COVID, uh, anything to do with COVID masks and plexiglass. Most of it went, out, went to a get-out-the-vote effort that helped Joe Biden defeat Donald Trump. All right, so let me let me stop you right there, David, because I want to really, and the film does go into this, but I want people to grasp this. Um, so you're, he spends, Zuckerberg spends $400 million, and it, this is the craziness that stood out to me, is that it's for a, I think it's safe and fair elections, for, you know, to protect, and you, so you're thinking of PPE and all the stuff, and stickers and gloves and, you know, all of that to make sure nobody catches COVID from a dirty sidewalk right. outside. So but so then he takes that money. Uh, they threw a few bucks over there, but then they take the rest of it and tell the people again, where is that money? Where did that money go? Yes, it, it, that's the that's the real important uh, element of this is the money went to the drop boxes. The money went for ballot curing. The money went for ballot harvesting, the mail-in ballot programs uh, that went on all across this country. Let me just give you a couple of uh, statistics that I think people will be shocked by. The Center for Tech and Civic Life is an organization that received about $325 million uh, from the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, which is where the money originated from. That's Mark Zuckerberg's fund. Um, and about uh, um, 162 grants went uh, to highly Democrat-concentrated areas in the country that added up to about $275 million. 162 grants, $275 million. And 92% of that money, 92% of $275 million went to Biden won districts. That is, that's putting your thumb on the scale. As a specific example, just in Georgia alone, $45 million from the, from the Center for Tech and Civic Life went into Georgia, the most of any state in the country, because it was the biggest battleground state, of course. But 94%, 94% of $45 million went to Biden districts. That is disproportionate. That isn't a, we're going to put this money uh, across the country evenly so that PPE masks, plexiglass, hand sanitizer, safety and security of the elections can be done. Even the left-wing NPR, which, you know, usually I don't, you know, believe much, they ran an investigation and it showed the tiny, very small percentages, three, four, five percent in most cases of where the money actually went for, for COVID relief, as opposed to drop boxes, the employees used to count the ballots and for the machinery to count the ballots. That's what the money went to. That's why the president says the election was rigged before election day. John Graves, let me pull you in here. I want to ask a question. The uh, The reality is when, in the way David brought kind of uh, broke it all down for us in, in all the money being spent, you know, most Americans are sitting at home like I would be going, well, geez, isn't there some laws about this where they can't do that? Right. 
Go ahead, John. Uh, well, that's exact. That's exactly the point, Gene. And now there's 13 states that have passed law outlawing Zuckbucks. Okay, there's polls out that only 8% think this is good. 17% don't know what to think about it because they don't understand it. 70% of Americans think this is bad for somebody like this to fund democracy. I was actually at the private premiere at Mar-a-Lago when I saw this and talking to all the people that were sitting around me, they were furious that, that he could get away with this, but he skirted all the laws. There's a brand new TED Talk that just came out where they've now split that initiative into several Zuckerberg says, I'm not going to do it in 2022. He's just going to be smarter about how he does it. And he's going to funnel it through a whole bunch of different people. But you can bet even Stacey Abrams and, and David just pointed this out, Georgia, 45 million was spent there. And it was less than 12,000 votes out of five or six million. It was tiny 0.2% fractions, but they've put all the money where it increased the turnout for Biden. He overperformed Hillary exponentially. And yet the entire rest of the state where the Zuckbucks went, he underperformed Hillary in 2016. And Trump added a 12 to 15,000 new people. You, you can say the election was rigged, and I think that's a very fair. In this documentary, I recommend everybody go see it. It lays it out very well. You could also say it was bought. Yeah, it was bought. Uh, you know, and I think uh, what David's saying there, Lance, about having your thumb on the scales is actually an appropriate um, description of what happened. I mean, throwing this much money, you know, especially in places like Georgia. Now, I'm from Atlanta originally, and so I understand uh, the South, and I understand. But it's, you know, when you're able to throw this much money at something, we've got to rethink our laws, don't you think, Lance? Or, or whatever, well, how can we make this and, not happen? Yeah. You not only rethink the laws, but let's let's say the unspeakable here. People think that we're like, you know, right-wing Republicans. Yeah. We're not. We are basically pro-American, faith-oriented Christian believers. You give us candidates that represent godly values and wise policies that are practical, and we really don't care about the party. Uh, the problem is the Democrats have such crazy ideas, and they vote lockstep. We find our, our occasional Republicans that are the strong leaders. But let's face it, the governor, Kemp, and Raffensburg, they had to agree with Stacey Abrams' uh, details. And what happens is, I don't know what the heck the RNC does. I'm always trying to figure out I'm sure they do something good. I just can't find out them showing up at the right uh, at the right fire to put it out. The, the political system of the establishment is in bed with the left. There's compromise at various levels. This grassroots populist movement was, must burn out these people as well. It's in Michigan. It's Wisconsin. When we go to discover what went wrong, what happened, it's the Republican rhinos, the establishment guys working their deals with the left that suppress the, uh, the, the pursuit of truth. That's why this particular project that's coming out with Citizens United is so important, because we've got the data, we've got the facts, and it finger points not only at how well-organized and intelligent and ahead of us the left is in figuring out how to rig things and work th and do workarounds through their lawyers, as we're finding out with the Durham report right now. It's the Democratic Party. Hillary's team was working that whole Russia stuff through the law firms. These are intelligent, well-networked people in the establishment. We're going to have to expose them by courageous media mobilizing ourselves and Raffensburg and Kemp this is on their watch they were supposed to be knowing what Stacey Abrams and and the the uh, Zucker Zucker and Soros and Democracy Alliance and Media Matters what the organized left is doing and they didn't do anything
No, they didn't do anything. And, and I think we all, if we remember, go back uh, and listen to, remember that audio recording, John Graves, uh, that we heard uh, President Trump on the phone with Brad Raffensperger trying to get the, uh, the correct... Uh, the correct story, get the right vote, get the right count out. I mean, you know, when we see something like this, I think most Ameri most of the people that I meet, they're saying, this is what they're saying, John, and I'll give you first shot at this. They're saying, okay. I know it was rigged. Stop telling me it's rigged. I got it. I know it's rigged. I don't have any doubt about that. You don't have to convince me. But what do we do about it? Is, or is there any way that we can have a fair election? What about the midterms in 22? And what about the, the election in 24? How are we going to make sure that doesn't happen? Because right now this thing is so deep and it's so much is corrupt on the rhino side and on the Democrat side and every other side there is. Corruption is so deep. Uh, how are we ever going to have a fair election again? I'm glad you said that because that is my passion. Everybody's got different gifts. Dave did a great job laying out really what should be crimes or should be election violations. My passion is for people to use their voice. And remember, election integrity is a state right issue. The Democrats wanted to, to normalize and permatize what the cheating that happened in 2020 by HR1. Thank God it was stopped, but now, 18 states passed laws last year, several more doing it. There are over 300 bills in process right now for election integrity. You can go to Million Voices, sign up. It costs you nothing and we'll put you in touch with your state senator and your state rep. Georgia was one of the states we were just talking about. There's only two U.S. senators. There's 56 Georgia state senators. There's 14 federal reps and nothing's happening at the federal level. There's 180. You have an outsized voice. And if enough of you contact your state rep and say, this is not enough. I want Zuck Bucks done. I want secure elections. I want clean voter rolls. And, and we, we lay out for you exactly what to do because David just laid out. Here's what the money was used for. It was all the ballot trafficking mules. In that documentary, Gene, you and I will be watching the private screening of that next week. Yeah. And so those are tied together and we need to mobilize people and help them realize Zuck funded it. Somebody else did the dirty work. That's true. All right, David, I, I, first off, how can we watch the movie? Tell the people how they can go see it. Well, folks should go to rigged2020.com. You can stream the film from anywhere on any device uh, that you would like. So rigged2020.com. And, 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 and look, you know, what you guys are talking about here is so important. Uh, it is a state's right issue. We have to fix this state by state. Uh, 20 states so far have passed laws but five of those states, their Democrat governors have vetoed the laws. So 15 states, the governors have, have passed it. So 15 states have done a decent job in, um, in, in uh, outlawing private Zuckerberg-style funding. But five of them, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Louisiana, all those five governors have vetoed uh, their bills. And they want to be able to do it again. That's what this is all about. And four of those five states are important battleground states that Republicans, you know, must win if we're going to win the White House back. So I, I just can't say enough that people have to watch this film and be educated and then go affect change in their own states. So, uh, David, what was the most startling revelation that you came across when you were doing this film? Uh, Jeff Landry, who's the attorney general of Louisiana, tremendous patriot, is the only attorney general in the country who, before Election Day of 2020, filed suit against 
the Center for Tech and Civic Life to stop the Zuck, the Zuck Bucks from coming into Louisiana. And he's got an ongoing case right now that really is the blueprint for how other states' attorneys general can investigate what happened in their states. So that's, that's important. The one other startling fact, the Zuckerberg funded counties in Arizona versus the unfunded counties. The funded counties, Biden outperformed Hillary Clinton by 700,000 votes <laughs> in, in, in the, versus the unfunded counties. It is, it's staggering what this money did. And by the way, they only win by 10,000 votes in Arizona. And they outperformed Hillary Clinton's historic campaign by, by, by 700,000 votes with a guy who hardly showed up in Arizona and couldn't fill right those those seven circles uh, in the parking lot at, at whenever he did it was an incredible thing uh, and that was that's a startling fact and that's why president trump continues to say we needed real investigations and there's been so many weak leaders across the country that will not give it to us but uh, there's one ongoing also in wisconsin uh, justice gableman who is in our film former supreme court justice who was appointed by this state legislature to investigate uh, the Wisconsin uh, election and, and integrity issues says it's an election bribery scheme. That's what Zuckerberg's money did. It was an election bribery scheme. That's his words. I urge everybody, watch this film, educate yourself, go to rig2020.com, get a look at the film, and I think you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised at the facts and evidence that we've put together in this film to educate you your friends, your family, your neighbors, as to what it is uh, that happened in uh, on Election Day 2020. David Bossy, thank you, sir. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't checked out the movie, go check it out, rig2020.com. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, you, you've heard you've heard the the basis of uh, again about rigging an election. Lance, what, what do you think? Where do we go from here? How do we help this? Well, a couple of things are important to know. First of all, we're winning. The tide is changing. Uh, we, we are praying. Remember, we pray for rulers and those that are in authority or those that are influential. When an Elon Musk puts like $45 billion down, not for profit, but for freedom of speech, when Joe Rogan comes out and starts exposing fake news, CNN, et cetera, when uh, Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone, these aren't, these aren't our right-wing Christian, uh, you know, flag wavers. These are just Americans that want the truth. Keep praying. Those of you that are in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and North Carolina, those of you that are in Louisiana, you have spiritual authority in your own backyard. I don't care if you're outnumbered. God can save with many or with few. What we're doing is we're turning over the rocks where the enemy has been hiding, and the hail is sweeping away a refuge of lies. There's going to come more exposure, more light, more investigations, more truth is going to be poured in. The reason why November is important, i got to remind our, our tribe about this, is that 
once you have control in, in the House, once you have the Senate, you can now do investigations that aren't manipulated and suppressed. And, and from 2023 to 2024, there will be a floodgate of exposure on the ex on, We're going to put the left into a perpetual defensive operation, trying to scramble and explain them. So that's where they're trotting Barack Obama out again. He's their only popular former candidate. They don't have anyone right now that can articulate uh, a defense for their failed policy for America. That's the reason why the grassroots is important. That's when we say, give us your name on the Flashpoint mailing list. Look, Hank, Hank doesn't get this. I don't get this. This is, this is our joint effort at doing something for America. But you put your right. name out there. Let us know who you are. We'll go to Michigan. We'll go to Wisconsin. We'll go to Pennsylvania because where the remnant is is where the battle's going to That's shift. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Very All right, uh, John, you're holding up a map. What were you sh What were you going to show me there? Mm. When Lance was rattling off all these states, that's exactly what it is. These five red states, you got to remember, what th this is where the stealing, most of the money went in those states. Let me, let me make simple to you. $45 million uh, was spent right here in Georgia, less than 12,000 votes. 700,000 new Democrats were Zuckerberg-funded people. This doesn't even count the Mules documentary that's going to come out next week. 10,500 votes wow. decided that. Wisconsin, 20,000. That's literally 43,000, less than 43,000 votes out of 155 million. Software stuff is happening here. And I was thinking when Hank was talking, about, God reminded me, I felt like of Proverbs 6. When the enemy's caught, he must pay back seven times what he stole. And so I'm, I'm praying, and if you'll let me, I'll pray right now. God, I pray that yes. the enemy Thank would Lord. be caught yes. for, for buying things, for trafficking, for software, for anything that yes. you hate unjust scales. You hate rigged balances, Thank God. You, and I pray that the enemy would be caught by your hand and all of us would just do our part of that. And the enemy must pay back seven times. I pray that Thank that's you, seven times yes. of a godly person in the White House in the Thank Senate, you, in the House, yes. and in all the state houses in the name of Jesus. Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, I, come Amen. Agreement. I believe Amen. that can happen, Gene. I really I do. do. My too. passion Amen. is the call to action. If we use our voice, uh, yeah. th that's why I'm passionate about this growing. Yeah, amen. Put yeah. the Flashpoint Army uh, website up there, please, for uh, to enroll, guys. Yeah, there you go. Go to govictory.com/fp. Sign up. Um, be a part of the Flashpoint Army. And, and thank you for what you said, Lance and, and John, as well. There, and, you know, this is we've got to be able to come together.